We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Rotor Grinders? This is Dean. That's Dean7904. If you want to get all technical on me, as far as the, the DFS streets, we're back here once again. Week 15, we've rounded the quarter pole here as far as the season. Week 15 of the NFL Pick 6 show, where we bring on two of the best minds in all fantasy football. Uh, talking uh, some early week, uh, early takes. Obviously, things change. We're just talking Wednesday night. If you guys are watching us, uh, you know, taped here on YouTube. What's up, YouTube? Feel free to like, subscribe, hit the notifications and all that. We do appreciate it. I do have my eyes as far as uh, what's going on on YouTube as well. So if you guys say anything pertinent to the conversation, maybe we'll bring it in. Uh, but yeah, again, understand if you guys are hearing this on a replay on Friday, on Saturday, as some of this stuff uh, may have expired there. You know, this year it's been kind of goofy as far as news. So uh, we're only talking about what we know as far as Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. Bring on my boys, usual suspects. Batting first, you know, I'm from uh, Sharp Football Analysis. That's Rich Rebar. What's going on, Rich? Big Dean, what's happening? I include you as one of the sharp minds on this show too, Dean. Don't, oh. th- there's more than two of us. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you've been hot though, Dean. You've been you've been uh, winning some ducats here the past couple weeks, some significant ducats. So I assume that uh, so the Christmas presents are going to be good uh, from your way. Yeah, I actually just bought my nephew's. Uh, uh, I just bought them a you know a controller for the PS5. You guys have a guess how much this goes for these days? In the, in yeah, the year probably twenty twenty. Seventy, eighty bucks. Yeah, seventy bucks. Come on, yeah, man. man. Yeah, and they only give you one with the box. Like, did they, did they assume you're just like quarantining by yourself or something? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I guess this is for another show. I should complain on, but yeah. Uh, I, hope I mean, that, you uh, didn't have to buy the too. whole system. You only bought the controller. That is true. Yeah, and I asked my brother about it. He's like, "Yeah, they're looking for a PS5." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not buying that." But you know, I, I love my nephew. Sure, Uncle but, uh, Dean. <laughs> Uncle Dean. We just seen Dean. You're posting screenshots. You can afford PS5s. You better uh-huh. hand them out to each kid. When, when screenshots backfire, man, uh, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a risk and a reward to it, obviously. Oh, we're talking the main slate, if y'all don't know. 
Of course, there's no more buys anymore, but the Thursday night game, Chargers versus Vegas, we're not talking that. Hey, we'll be talking that tomorrow night on this very uh, on this very stream because I'll be talking about it with Tambo. It'll be a good time. 7 o'clock, I believe, in the East Coast, talking about some showdowns. Showdowns, good times for sure. Uh, we know there's two games on Saturday, Buffalo-Denver, Carolina-Green Bay. Of course, we have content on the site as well. I'm sure you guys are pumping out content too as far as the, those games. Uh, Cleveland, the Giants, Sunday night, not talking about that as far as the main slate. And then Monday night, pittsburgh Cincinnati. We got an 11 gamer, Daigle. What are our thoughts as far as a uh, initial, you know, 30,000 foot screenshot? What are we thinking here as far as a uh, week 15? Last week, as we talked about on Sunday morning, and by the way, I wish we could do that every Sunday morning, Dean, because I had my best week of the entire season. And I think it's because we bounced off our ideas off one another and sort of came to a conclusion on how to approach a busy where practically every play was good. We even talked up Marquez Valdez Scantling as the <laughs> ancillary player you wanted to get a piece of that offense of. So a really great week. Uh, I don't think it's as busy this week. A lot of lower totals. I do like some overs in these lower totals that I think aren't getting enough credit because their offense has failed just last week. But overall, three games we're going to talk about are the three games I'm most excited for, which is why I'm going to let Reeves pick them in the future as well. <laughs> well, Reeves, you picked him this week, and it's funny because I always like to play this game in my head. I try to picture, like, okay, what are the three games that are going to be sent in my way? And I always get two out of three. Uh, I, well, your thoughts? Well, we're going to talk about, you know, Houston, Indianapolis. If you guys don't know the format by now, come on, it's week 15. We'll talk about Houston, Indy, Philadelphia, and Arizona, Casey, and New Orleans. Then we'll kind of branch out position by position, clean up whatever we didn't talk about in those games. Uh, if you could pick a fourth game, Rebar, what's the fourth most interesting game as far as this week? Um, let's see. I don't know. I, cause usually, I mean, I don't always pick them because I like to pick like one, like phantom rope <laughs> game. Um, but you know, this week I kind of ran it in and kind of went kind of chalky. Uh, I mean, listen, there are a number of angles when we get to the position plays, like there's a lot of one-sided, like we could talk about the Titans, We could talk about the Rams, which we will, uh, you know, Dallas 49ers, I think would have been really fun to talk about if we had any faith in Dallas plays, but as they showed versus Cincinnati, uh, it's just the heart of darkness. Uh, we can't even, cr- we can't, we can't really trust them. Bucks Falcons uh, is like <laughs> interesting, even though I don't trust either side. So, either, I, but I can't talk about the Vikings or Bucks anymore. Like I'm just Vikings and Buccaneers out. Yeah. But like, I'm sure we'll get to Buccaneers takes because of the Ronald Jones stuff. But like, I am really Minnesota Viking and Tampa Bay Buccaneered out at this stage. My Fair. team has not been said yet, by the way. One of the games they're playing – well, I like the Chicago-Minnesota game uh, in a dome this time of year, and I just like how concise – I bet the over, Dean, on Monday. That's one of my favorite games. Nice. It, has it moved since? I see it at 47 currently. I got it at 46, so it has moved. It's only gone up a half point. Oh, yeah. man. I, I love I love Allen I Robinson. Win. Yeah. Uh, a seven-nation army couldn't hold me back from rock, rostering uh, Allen Robinson this week. I'm all in. Well, I don't like saying all in because people – we speak hyperbolic, and if you say all in and you only play like 90%, as of Wednesday night, I'm a big fan of Allen Robinson, but we're not doing that position, <laughs> position just yet. We're talking about uh, the individual games. This is one of my least favorite games. because I know It's got a big total, and in theory, there's some value here, uh, but a lot of question marks as far as what's going on. I'll let you lead us off here, Rebar, as far as Houston uh, and Indy. Uh, Indianapolis seven point favorite 51 total uh, Jonathan Taylor another big week another nice matchup here against Houston uh, well I guess we should start there as far as Jonathan Taylor still a pretty you know reasonable price as far as out there we'll talk about some great running backs you know Akers obviously Rose uh, Derek Henry has got an absolutely ridiculous matchup once again uh, and if you didn't have him last week you know things probably went kind of poorly for you but uh, Houston Indy open that game for us Rebar. It's interesting because this game just two weeks ago was a two-point spread, and the Texans could have theoretically won that game and at least covered at the end of that game. 
when Deshaun Watson just dropped a fumble and now it's seven points, uh, you know, just changing venues, which is kind of a lot. It's the same exact outlook too. I mean, Will Fuller was out that game. Brandon Cooks look, he's, looks like he's on track to play. They uh Houston did lose another secondary piece in Justin yeah. Reed. So they are really starting to bleed out there defensively, but it is interesting that the, the spread jumps so high. It is just a, it's just a good spot. I mean, the, the Colts are a really good offense and their defense is starting to really be bad. I mean, in general, I mean, you look at their, the past four games that they've played. I mean, they are allowing 8.3 yards for pass attempt. They're giving up chunk plays, which they weren't doing uh, to start the season. And, you know, everyone to start the season really questioned, you know, their opening schedule anyways and the quarterbacks they faced. And we're seeing some of these quarterbacks start to generate some big plays against them. Deshaun Watson threw for 340 yards, nine yards pass attempt when these teams played two weeks ago with Chad Hansen and, and Kiki QT and Brandon Cooks, you know, kind of in and out of the game as he got checked for, you know, concussion. We know they're not going to run the football. They can't. Their running backs average the, the, the fewest combined yards from scrimmage per game in the NFL. Uh, there's going to be a lot of dropbacks on the Texan side. Uh, they're all their receivers are cheap once again uh, with all those dropbacks because they weren't good last week. Um, but Kiki QT's had 300 yard games in his career. They've all come against the Colts uh, <laughs> that heavy zone defense of Matt Everflus. Uh, and, you know, Chad Hansen, whatever we want to say. I mean, like the, the dude's out here getting targets like every week, seven targets each game. Uh, he's making contested catches. We talk about they're going to get Brandon Cooks back. I mean, there there's going to be points scored in this game. I mean, I don't think the Texans are going to roll over and die. Like a, a lot of people have thought that their season is going to, or is, and, and will be as bad as they showed last week. And uh, we can get into the other side, but the other side has been playable all year. And we finally are starting to get some clarity on this running back situation. All right, Dagle, your thoughts. And also we, I think we did a really good job last week as well, as far as hitting a lot of things that, that, that went well. But one thing, at least I remember was poo-pooing T Y Hilton and boy, uh, that hasn't been working of late. Uh, you know, Speedster on the wrong side of 30, but he doesn't care. And he broke loose in the second day versus Vegas. And you can argue that was a good matchup. But, hey, he crushed Houston last week as well, too. We like him on the turf. We like him in a dome. The price is still 5-5 five, five on DK. So that's pretty manageable. Uh, you know, is T.Y. Hilton all of a sudden having a resurrection? What's going on here? Yeah, on Sunday morning, I recall you asking me about it. And even then I said, I'm personally biased. Like I can't say yes to play T.Y. Hilton. But if someone did, I wouldn't like argue about it. It's okay. And now we've seen in these last three games that he has at least 80 yards and a touchdown in all three. And I don't know what's happened because – PFF has charted 82% of his targets in that span as catchable. So it's also like he himself has become more open. I I don't get what's happening at all. Um, But in that time, 22% target share, team high to Michael Pittman's 18% and a team high in end zone targets. So the usage is there. The health is all of a sudden there. I understand we were burned for, I guess it was 12 weeks and then or 11 weeks. And now it's three games and he's been magnificent. Last week, as we know, I like to play a lot of the mid to high stakes single entries. The play was just like we've talked about with Dow, one of his receipts for the Vikings without Kirk Cousins as singularly terrific plays. Last week in most tournament winning lineups, it was Jonathan Miller and T.Y. Hilton without Phillip Rivers as singular terrific plays in a great matchup. And honestly, it's the same spot again for both. So Taylor, who we'll talk about in a second, uh, T.Y. Hilton without Phillip Rivers, I'm all in on. And it's not because... 
Philip Rivers isn't playing great. He absolutely is. There's five straight games now where he's finished inside the top 15 in DraftKings points, but he also doesn't run the ball. And when you're talking about guys that we'll talk about, even someone on the other side of the ball, like Deshaun Watson, who I believe has five and six carries in the past two games, matters when you're talking about Philip Rivers. It literally is going to take him getting the five-point bonus over 300 yards and at least three touchdowns to match these rushing guys. And it's such a good matchup, and they still like to run the ball quite a bit with Taylor that I just don't think it's going to happen here. And do we trust this is real, the separation, uh, Taylor, away from uh, you know Hines and Wilkins? Is this going to sustain uh, 20 touches, 20 carries last week, 20 carries uh, two weeks ago as well, too? In the middle, he was really good efficiently, but – uh, Rebar, is this something, you know, he's the rookie, he's their future. You'd assume he's on the rise. This is this is sustained. Uh, you know, it's a good matchup here against Houston. Can I roster Taylor with confidence thinking he's going to get at least 20 touches? I mean, let's never, never say never, but, uh, you know, it's just because two weeks ago when these teams played, the Colts went for a fourth and one and jammed Naheem Hines up the yes. middle and lost and <laughs> lost two yards. Uh, so let's never rule out that. But I mean, Jordan Wilkins is definitely looks like he's out of the picture. At least it looks like Hines is getting some like ancillary touches, but remember Naheem Hines, like carries are like literally one of the worst plays in football. Uh, he's one of the worst, worst efficient runners in the NFL. Uh, I've always comped him like theoretic in that regard. Like he's, he's a good, they put it, they use him in the pass catching game really well. They get him in one-on-one situations almost all the time and take advantage of that but as a runner he is not very effective he's had a couple games here where he's popped a long run where he's had a nice cutback but uh he still leads the nfl in rate of runs that fail to gain yardage uh so i mean he's still not good we're starting to see the big plays from jonathan taylor that's what we were waiting like early in the season when they gave him the job he was getting there a little bit on volume to start the season like the vikings game where he had all those touches um, but now he's starting to get chunk, chunk plays. We've seen it a couple weeks ago. We had the long touchdown catch and run. We saw the long touchdown last week, the opening drive of the game. He was on fire. I mean, he, he had what five touches or 60 yards in the opening drive of that game last week. But then we, like you said, Dean, they went away from him for a few drives and then he comes back in the second half and salts it away. It is just a tremendous matchup though. I mean, Houston is literally the, the worst rushing team in terms of giving up chunk plays. They're the only team in the league that have, has allowed over a thousand yards rushing on carries of 10 or more yards on the season. So, I mean, we're talking about big plays. I mean, they're there available again. I don't think this price jumped enough either to really kind of push people off them in that scary zone. So uh, yeah, I think he's a, a pretty tremendous play once again. Yeah. I mean, you talked about it as far as that carries it for Hines and you have the Taylor shares. It's like, say it ain't so, man, what are you doing? Why are we giving the ball to, to, to Hines? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's tilting for sure. You got to respect him though, is that in that game, they called the fourth and one pass to Taylor for the touchdown, <laughs> but then they went to the fourth and one run with Hines to and that one didn't work. <laughs> hey, you know, like, <laughs> life is like a box of chocolates. You know, you never know what you're going to get from the coach there in Indianapolis. Uh, what do you, how do we run it back as far as the Houston side, John? Like Reeves, I like the entire Houston offense. Uh, it's funny because Chad Hansen, they're literally just plopping out there and want him to be Will Fuller. He's not Will Fuller, clearly. But on 129 snaps, he's only moved to the slot for 24 of them. They're expecting him to win every single week. Um, he has a 21% target share these last two games. We saw just two weeks ago against the Colts, he got the five-point bonus for eclipsing 100 yards. So certainly he's a great play. Last 
a tremendous play because he was nearly, I think it was 1300 cheaper than QT, even though everyone went to QT. Whereas we've seen that Eberflus' scheme, like Reeves mentioned, is one that QT can attack. So again, I do like going to QT in this matchup, especially if, and probably not, the DFS industry has gotten much smarter. Uh, the players have gotten much smarter, but it is a much better matchup to run it back with QT in this one than it is Hansen. But Hansen, again, is a tremendous play as well. So if we think Houston is still kind of sort of somewhat thin, DK specific, Jordan Akins uh, is 2.8K. I know it's a name people don't want to hear. He was kind of a flavor of the week last week to some people, uh, and he dropped the ball. I think hit him on the shoulder. I think he lost it in the sun. They're going to be in a dome, so theoretically I don't think there's going to be a sun there, right? Don't they close it up? And I don't think there's light through like Minnesota and places like that or Atlanta. Uh, Jordan Akins, anybody want to run it back at 2.8K? And Indy, do- Indy does, but I mean, Indy is allowing the third fewest uh, – Yards per target to tight ends. Uh, they don't give up a lot of production to tight ends, as we've seen even with Darren Waller last week coming off that 200-yard game. Um, they, I mean, they just don't give up a lot. It's it, They're more, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. It's tough to really glom on to Jordan Akins, like you said. But he's cheap, I will say that. So I won't yeah. rule him out because if we're on Watson, I won't frown upon it. You got anything else this game, Diggle, or shall we move on? I think that's about it. Michael Pittman's salary on DK compared to T.Y. Hilton's is pretty close and similar. Um, Having said that right now, and I never thought I'd be here after watching that for 11 weeks, but I think Hilton's clearly the better play. Uh, Dagle, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, Rich, anything else as far as this game? We're moving on. Oh, we said we look good. All right. Philly at Arizona. We got Arizona's a six-point favorite at home, 49 as far as the total. Pretty big number. Uh, well, I guess we start with Jalen Hurts, right? You know, we ran, I believe he hit over 100 yards last week oh, and yeah. the 100-yard bonus. Mm-hmm. The, the, the over-under Vegas, I want to say, was 40 or so, which seemed kind of low. Unfortunately, I'm the wrong state to wager that. But And I did get a couple uh, – I played him, you know, a la carte. I, I, I didn't have to compare him to anybody. I just played him by nope. himself, and I thought it was perfectly fine. I think it's a strategy you can employ once again this week uh, at Arizona. We, well, let's start there, Rebar. You have a, you know, a single game. Have you made a, a final decision as far as Hurts as a bust yet, or we're going to give it some time? I mean, this is, he's my kind of quarterback. He's literally my entire brand of, of fantasy. So, uh, I mean, listen, I brought, I brought him up last week too. I thought like, I thought he was like the clear cash game quarterback, but people were off the saints matchup, uh, which we'll talk about probably shortly too, uh, about the saints defense. I still think that they have some fraudulent stuff going on, but you know, every, I thought he was that his price last week was just insane, especially for the rushing floor he was going to provide. Um, and then he did, he provided, he was just second quarterback in NFL history to rush for a hundred yards and first ever career start he had 14 designed runs uh which matched cam newton in week one for the most of a quarterback this season uh the the passing wasn't exciting but i mean it's still like as long as you get something there it's fine he's not a complete zero there uh and he's gonna be you know in a little bit potentially of a better spot you know this week arizona games have, have run hot inside the dome uh they're four and two towards the over uh, in Arizona. So I think that there's some scoreboard potential here. Uh, Arizona plays man coverage at a high rate and they blitz at the fifth highest rate. So there is going to be opportunities for uh, Jalen Hurts to get out the gate here and, and use his legs. Uh, if you just get something out of the rushing department, if you can push 200 yards, you can get two passing touchdowns, you're going to be in a really good spot. He's another guy. I don't think the pricing went up enough. Uh, but most impo- importantly for him in this offense is that he didn't take a sack. No negative plays. He lost the yeah. fumble. But there's no negative plays. They don't kill themselves. They're able to score 27 points because 
They, you know, this is a team that was averaging six sacks plus turnovers per game and most in the NFL. He's not sacked. It's the first time that they didn't take a sack since week two. They were leading the league over that span and sacks taken. He's able to get out his own way, keep the offense ahead of schedule. The best thing, like you said, is that you don't have to pair him with anybody because you don't have to trust him. And then Arizona, look at the mobile quarterbacks they faced. Russell Wilson, 84 yards, 42 yards rushing. Cam Newton, 46 yards. Josh Allen, 38 yards. Tua had 35 yards. Bridgewater had 32 yards and a touchdown. Every single one of those mobile quarterbacks they faced outside of Cam Newton had a 20-point fantasy game or higher against them. Uh, I think it's a good spot for them. I think they're going to have to match points. Um, I think the the battle of the birds is going to have some points on the board. Yeah, what do you have to add here, John, as far as this Philadelphia offense? He basically said it all as far as Hurts. I think he's very much in play. And depending on how much money you have to play with this week, as far as injuries and value, how that opens up throughout the week, uh, for sure. I'm interested in Hurts, and I think he's fine as a cash play if I love everything else. And we'll be loading up on some big spends we'll talk about later. Uh, is there anybody else you can sell me? I mean, of course, Sanders can break another 80 yard touchdown off. You can't really rely on that. As receivers, I don't trust any of them, but I don't think you necessarily need any. Probably not going to get the 300 yard bonus, but a decent shot. Well, at least a shot at 100 yard bonus as far as the legs. Uh, can you, I mean, is there anybody else on Philly that's worth talking about? It's, it's like you mentioned, Dean, with the total in this game. I just like the entire game environment. Uh, the total is too low. Like, I believe it's still 47. And if Philly's still banged up on defense, if we have two healthy rushing quarterbacks, which is, as we'll talk about in a second, which we saw from Kyler last week, like, both of these offenses are poised to explode here. Um, Miles Sanders is interesting if only because significantly out-snapped out Boston Scott last week, 56 to 15. And then also the Hurts addition helped him um just that 82 yard run touch for a touchdown the rpo just to like leave fake hand or show the handoff linebackers follow her side because they ain't scared of Wentz. they're not following Wentz if he's under center <laughs> they have to follow hurts and then all of a sudden sanders is such an explosive playmaker he needs to break one tackle that's it and he's to the house like that's why sanders was better and peterson finally trusted him finally gave as reeb said uh hurts design carries so the offensive playmaking and ideal just changed last week so that's why i just like this total as a whole and uh sanders hurts um the passing game's unique and that uh Jalen Rager of course he was getting those prayer yards we always talk about only 50 percent of his targets were deemed as catchable on PFF whereas Goddard led the team with a 23 percent target share but yeah at 5900 on DK like hurts naked is just fine I mean it's only it's literally only 800 more than last week it's not much at all considering he was the second quarterback ever since 1950 to have um to, to run for 18 carries like Lamar and Lamar's debut had 26 carries. So it's just a unique player in a unique position. He's a better passer than Lamar. His, his passing yes. acumen out of college was a lot better than Lamar's was. Um, and, you know, a lot of people point to Lincoln Riley, but his yards per attempt rose every, every year of his collegiate career. He got better as a, as a passer. And, you know, he's, he's pushing like 85th percentile on a lot of passing metrics um, you know, and those are just metrics. Obviously, you know, we, we know he has flaws to pass it, but it's not a situation like Lamar. Like this guy's a better thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson is. John, you referenced the, you know, both, both the quarterbacks in this game being running quarterbacks. We see Kyler Murray, uh, you know, he only had what five carries for three straight games last week. He, he uh, you know, he, he moved a little bit more. There's some speculation as far as him nursing an injury, his shoulder, uh, 13 carries. He didn't necessarily get loose, but he, at least he was running along his carry. I believe it was a 12 yarder. Uh, Kyler Murray is it was he never healthy is he recovered do we care is he just worth you know tournament darts uh darts at this uh, price in the dome 
I mean, if we're assuming this total goes over, he's clearly worth tournament plays. I don't, I don't know what's happened. We talked about on this show even uh, whether he was injured, whether it was the defense as he got frustrated with media and even said, what do y'all want me to do? Like I have to keep handing it off because they're just, they're spying on me every time. But we saw last week, no matter what was the case three weeks for these three weeks span, he had his second most carries in a single game this year, 13 carries. And that was not so coincidentally the one game in this three week stretch the past three games that he was not on the injury report at all. So whatever happened, he's back to running. And we saw the fallout, the typical 34% target share to DeAndre Hopkins, the typical uh, one target to Kenyon Drake, which is what he averaged before that three game stretch. And then of course, no one else getting involved is Andy Ellis Isabella was healthy scratched and Dan Arnold got his one peppering of touchdown per game. All of a sudden that comes out of nowhere. So the offense was pretty much predictable which is also what I love about this game, because if everything stays the same, this is just your normal Kyler run offense. All right. Uh, sell me on that uh, Arizona side. What do you have for me, Rich, as far as uh, where are we prioritizing Hopkins? Where are we prioritizing pairing him with Murray as far as the slate as a whole? I mean, uh, yeah. So you look at last weekend's game, the Eagles had Rodney McLeod drop with an ACL injury. Uh, they had Avante Maddox uh, leave the game with a knee injury. Both of those players are already out this week. Uh, McLeod's obviously out the rest of the season. Uh, Darius Slay left the game with a concussion. The second time he has now been in concussion protocol. Uh, if they're out, those three defenders uh, at the back end, I mean, it's it's going to be light, like just, you know, completely wheels up for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, there's going to be not the – they like – there's a team that likes to play man coverage. They're not going to have the, the bodies to play man coverage, especially not against DeAndre Hopkins. Like they could have thrown Darius Slay out there and, and just taken the results like they did with DK Metcalf. I mean, he's going to eat on these other guys up alive. Like it's just, it's just not going to be a probable, you know, defensive scheme for them, which opens everything else up, uh, you know, and alters their approach. So, I mean, if those three guys are going to be out or we're really just looking at Slay now because the other two are already out. I mean, it's yeah, completely a spot where he'll probably be undervalued, uh, especially when you look at just the, the context of the slate, uh, you know, of wanting to get, you know, Tyreek Hill uh, and some of these other pieces in here as we want to pay for these, some of these running backs like Derrick Henry, who is really expensive again for a good reason, um, you know, and some of these guys we want to play. And there are some cheapies we could play, which we'll touch on too. But yeah, I mean, it's really easy though. I mean, it's really just him. I mean, we're not excited about anyone else. We can talk ourselves because the injuries and taking the shot on Christian Kirk. Uh, but what it's just the dart at this point. I mean, Christian Kirk has seven catches for 35 yards the past three weeks. He's had 37 yards or fewer in five of his past seven games. Like, you're really just hoping to hit a big play. That's all you're doing. It's it's literally a blind dart. And that's okay if you get there in a blind dart. I mean, he, it's that's it, fine. I'm just saying, objectively, there's no good reason to play him outside of saying, well, the Eagles are hurt and we're on this game. Uh, his own play isn't going to get us the, uh, to click the button. I think that's the most frustrating part about the slate too, is that last week we had those high totals, all these spots we like that we also didn't trust the ancillary options, but we at least had confidence they get usage. And if they did their part, they would have hit in high totals. Um, even like your, your Bob Tunyons who was in winning lineups as well. Like those guys were confident. Like, I don't have faith in Emmanuel Sanders, who we'll talk about in a second. Uh, I don't have faith in Christian Kirk. So it's just like, it's hard to find for me, maybe maybe Rich has some at the end of this show, but like, it's hard for me to find the cheapy positive options here in this slate. Yeah, when you look at this okay. too, I mean, so Kyler of uh, his 13 carries, eight were scrambles. 
um, which, which we look at too. Cause you know, if the, if the, the Eagles are going to play man coverage and they, which I doubt that they will, if they're missing Darius Slay, but that's when you get the rushing component. And the, this team has really struggled against the RPO this season. Uh, Daniel Jones, obviously the infamous, you know, long play where he <laughs> fell down on Thursday night was the RPO. <laughs> he also had a, a 30 yard touchdown run on a RPO for a touchdown. He also had 64 yards in that second game rushing. And Lamar Jackson had 108 yards against them with a 50 yard touchdown on an RPO. So, I mean, the Eagles have not defended it well. And then um, they did give up 30 yard, 30 plus yards to Taysom Hill last week too. But that those injuries, Taysom Hill, like, was shredding them through the air at the end of that game when they lost all those guys. Uh, the, the, the Saints ran out of possessions, and they almost got one back. That was a hell of an onside kick. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, We're going to talk about Taysom in just a second. Before we do that, we want to mention here at RG, RG Premium, uh, we're now offering subscribers the option to select specific sports for their premium subscriptions or to select a combination platter, the Combo Premium, which basically includes – Every single sport, with the exception of NASCAR, uh, viewers can use. You guys are out there on the YouTube. Feel free to like and subscribe. Do you want to mention that more than once? Just, it doesn't cost you anything. It keeps the lights on. Let's just keep pumping out the free content. Like, subscribe, turn on the notifications, do all that. We much appreciate it. Uh, the promo code is going to be dropped there in chat for you guys in just a second. Fabulous multitasking producer. Devin's all over it. Dropping the link for you guys in just a second. You get 10 bucks off your first month of either the combo or the single a la carte sport RJ premium. And again, uh, the combo includes everything, college football, MMA, NFL, soccer, esports, much more than that. Everything essentially, but NASCAR. All right. The last game, this is the, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. I, I assume Drew Brees is not going to give it a go. Once again, uh, we are recording this on Wednesday night, but as of right now, it seems like it's going to be Taysom season, at least for one more, one more week, Kansas city at new Orleans. Uh, it's high and it's tight 51 and a half. As far as the total, new Orleans getting three points as a home dog. All right, rebar, uh, Taysom and uh, and Mahomes. It should be a fun matchup, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, does Vegas think Drew Brees is playing? I mean, this (laughs) is your number. Someone else bet the Chiefs, by the way, earlier this week, I can tell. (laughs) <laughs> this 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 line is is very puzzling to me if Taysom is the starter yep. not that I don't think that the you know the, the Saints can hang and score points but it feels like Mahomes versus Taysom Hill should be worth a, a few more ducats here uh and it did open at three and a half and got bet down but uh I wonder if there is like some people have some some kind of information that Drew Brees might might try to play if he can I mean he is one of those guys that like if, if he says he's healthy like they might just play him but uh how many points is 47-year-old Drew Brees worth in 2020? I mean, more than Taysom Hill, right? Like, I guess, yeah. They have to score in the 30s uh-huh. in this game. You have to score in the 30s, right, to win this game. Probably. Like, you just inherently know, like, I've got to get the 30 against the Chiefs. And you still might not win with 30. But you got to get in the 30s. And this is a team that, since they've switched to uh, Taysom Hill, they're not scoring at the same rate. They've scored on 34% of their possessions with Taysom Hill. That's 22nd in the league. They're scoring at 53% of their possessions with Drew Brees. And they're it was third in the league. Um, so, I mean, they're not scoring at the same rate. They're, get, they're, they're not having as many, you know, drives result in scores that they were so you're gonna to have to pace them and, and, and get points uh taste Hill's still getting there if you if we get to taste mill and there's you know nothing pops up you know at the end of this week he's you know last week was a positive for him i mean he still was a top 12 qb he had the 19 fantasy points um and only 17.4 percent of his points came via rushing 
which is by far his lowest of his starts. Uh, the lowest previously was 35%. So for him to get there uh, largely on passing was a big pro in his corner to show you at least that he can get there. Uh, I do think he will rush for more yards if he does start in this game. The Chiefs are 27th in rushing points allowed per game to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, so they have been run on by the mobile quarterbacks that they faced as well. Um, I think the Saints side is really interesting here because if Taysom Hill starts, it's really easy for us. Michael Thomas has 37 targets from Taysom Hill. The next closest Saint has 17. Hmm. Then we've got this situation where Kamara is probably underpriced. Because uh, one, imagine if Drew Brees was playing in this game. We'd be all over him, right? Like Kamara yeah. in this spot. As a home game, on the turf, the Chiefs don't care about stopping the run. Well, listen, Kamara got the 10 targets. He scored a touchdown in three of the four games Taysom Hill started. His snaps are back up. Everything's back to kind of normal for him. I don't know if it's because Latavius got hurt. Was it a weird thing with his toe? We don't really know, but uh, he had 10 targets. They showed that he is capable and to be part of the game plan. And you want to incorporate running backs as part of your game plan against the Chiefs via the pass and run because they don't care about stopping either. And their linebackers are not good in pass coverage. Uh, So I think Calvin Kamara is a really interesting run back because no one really wants to touch this guy right now um but he's, uh, you know, he's been productive though the last two weeks take this for whatever it's worth maybe it's worth nothing but i will say before the game last week like on friday uh my old roommate evan silva <laughs> speaks directly with nick underhill a terrific reporter who has his own business everyone go show check it out where he does uh reporting on the saints and um Silva told me that this is a game where they're going to make a concerted effort to get kamara involved and we saw 10 targets a four game high with Taysom hill And I've already heard this week, again, whatever it's worth, I've heard that it's another game where they are trying to feature Kamara. So we can do whatever we want with that information, but it sounds like, and we know that, right? It's the Chiefs. Like Taysom Hill has no choice but to get Kamara involved because that's the way they're going to match the Chiefs point for point because they're not going to stop him here. Um, And if it's negative game script and Taysom has the ball in his hand more, that's okay for us too in fantasy because he's going to run the ball more too. So I think, of course, I like the Chiefs side or um, the Saints side. And as Rich said, if it is Taysom, in fact, on Sunday, which it sounds like it's going to be, then that means that we know exactly where the ball is going to go. My only question is, is that an anomaly? I mean, obviously, ideally, in a perfect world, you want to get the ball to Kamara and he had 10 targets. But previous to that, he had three, he had two, he had one. Now, some goofy stuff happened, of course, that game in Denver. They didn't really need a functional offense to, to beat Denver, obviously. They just ran the ball into the ground. Um, you know, and they had some leads as well, too. But I, I just don't know if 10's the ceiling as far as, uh, you know, as far as his targets. And three, I don't think three or two or one is realistic. Maybe somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's just kind of a, a sort of a thought process there. But, of course, if Breeze is back for whatever reason, uh, Kamara more likely to get the ball. And, you know, now Taysom's just, uh, you know, taking it himself, getting seven-yard chunks as opposed to throwing the ball to Kamara. Thomas, for what it's worth, is uh, I think he's – not practicing or he was limited this week, but again, Wednesday night, you guys ever read on that right now? Or he's, um, he's, he's limited every Wednesday. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. Uh, Kansas city, uh, pretty clear what's going on there. Mahomes. If you can get Mahomes, by all means play Mahomes. He's absolutely amazing. I don't care what defense it is. And people are, Oh, Miami's got a good defense. Sure. They, they, they have, have they faced Mahomes yet? Uh, you know, the same thing with New Orleans, New Orleans just have a good defense too. And I guess rich, you want to poke some holes in them. You talked about as far as hurts last week, kind of chewing them up. Uh, we want to play Mahomes. We want to pair him with Kelsey. We want to get some Hill. It's that obvious. It's just a matter of opportunity cost and how you can make it work from a salary perspective. Talk, t- tell everybody they're not aware how good Kansas City is. 
I mean, listen, yeah, uh, Kansas City is pretty good. You guys know, right? Uh, but uh, <laughs> this, this matchup's interesting for a number of levels because no one plays man defense more than the Saints, and we saw it happen when the Bucks tried to play some man defense uh, a couple weeks ago against this defense. Uh, I mean, you can't do it. I and mean, we've got Tyree Kill on turf in a dome, which we don't mm. really often get with these with this Chiefs team. The Chiefs should actually, with Mahomes, they should just build a dome, like just sacrifice it. Like the city, <laughs> the city should be like, you know what? Yeah, you know, because what's going to happen to the Chiefs? one year is they're going to get deep in the playoffs and we're going to get like three feet of snow in Kansas City and they're going to be like damn it like <laughs> Tyree Kills run it he doesn't have a snow tires on uh you know it's all ruined because this team is made to be playing like this is an indoors oh, yeah. team they built uh and they we don't get to see them hardly ever play indoors this is technically Mahomes's fourth dome start but two of them are kind of sketchy they you know it's counted as like the Raiders game this year and the and the Chargers game although both kind of have open air elements to the stadium but uh uh, you know, we're getting Tyreek on a fast track. Tyreek has 16 touchdowns this year. Yeah. Like, is, does anyone even notice that? Like, I he, the dude has 16 touchdowns. Like, which and is a pretty couple called back. Several <laughs> called back. Well, this is one that we can complain about being called back. That's it. That's all we'll allow. <laughs> um, but do you look at the Saints defense? They play man coverage the highest rate in the league, which is going to be a problem if you want to do this against the Chiefs. But look at this run that the Saints have been on defensively. Look at the passers they've faced since their week six bye. Teddy Bridgewater. Nick Foles, Tom Brady, we'll give him some credit there. Uh, Nick Mullins, Matt Ryan times two, uh, Kendall Hinton, uh, oh. not, not a quarterback, uh, and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Those are the quarterbacks they face their week six five. Like, there's nobody even in the stratosphere of weight class as Patrick Mahomes on that resume. Patrick Mahomes has thrown for 300 or more yards in six straight games. He's thrown for 400 uh, more yards in two of those, 393 in another. Uh, they've just said, screw it. They don't care about running the ball anymore. Like, they are locked in on throwing the ball. And what's different about this Chiefs team than the years past, or even, you know, the year, you know, the year he threw the – uh, you know, the, the, the 50 touchdowns is like, it's really just going to two guys this, this time. It's like, we're not having these random DeMarcus Robinson games, these random Sammy Watkins games, these random McCall Hardman games. It's really just been Tyreek and Kelsey just banging all of this production, uh, which has been unique for this, uh, you know, offense in, in the recent years, but those guys are just soaking up and producing at such a high level. Uh, so it's an interesting game on a lot of levels, but uh, I definitely think this Chiefs line, something, something's up with this, man. It's weird. Three points? Three points? Does Casey so have it locked in the East? Uh, I'm sorry, in the AFC? Is that uh, – I'm thinking basketball at the East. The is one seed? No, absolutely not. No. No. Yeah. Pittsburgh is only two losses, I believe. So, yeah. But can't say if you watch them, they seem like they're just bored. They're doing, like, double reverses on the one-yard line. Just anything to entertain themselves throughout the regular season. Stuff, man. Yeah, you know, it's just we're talking about practice. My, yeah. my, my favorite effort has been uh, Travis Kelsey taking a snap and then doing the ta- the Patrick Mahomes underhand throw. It failed, but they're just trying shit, man. They're just throwing stuff against the wall. Yeah. If it works, we'll take it to the playoffs. If not, we'll throw it at the playbook because they know that where they're going. It's no big deal. Is be fair, their running game sucks. Their running game sucks bad. We were saying the same thing. You said the running game sucks. I was asking if CEH is a Ponzi scheme. He's 5.8K, but you said, hey, they, they, they figured out that throwing the ball, especially when your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, is more efficient. Uh, you know, at the analytics say you probably should throw it as opposed to getting the ball to, you know, CEH. But he is, I think, the cheapest price he's been all season long at 5.8K. He is in a dome. Uh, you know, he is still getting – with 20 touches, 20 opportunities. At least that's what he got last week. Uh, there's a possibility. There's a ceiling. But it sounds like you're not in, Rich. What about you, John? Can you sell me any interest on CEH or not so much? 
Well, that's the thing. That's what he got last week. And of course, before then with Le'Veon Bell, uh, it was hard for him to even surpass double digit touches. He had 15 and 12 the week in two weeks before, but now we're talking about a matchup that to steal Reeb stats. Remember like Samaj Piran stuck around in the record book since 2017. Like he was the only runner to eclipse a hundred yards against this team. And then we had two guys do it last week with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Uh, of course they didn't have any film on Jalen Hurts. They didn't know what to expect. So I, I just go back to this matchup with their front sevens, incredibly tough. And uh, Clyde Edwards Slayer, of course, had 21 of 25 backfield touches. He played a season high in snaps. This is all tremendous. But again, I think it's going to be an incredibly tough matchup for a team that has thrown the ball at the second highest rate, both in neutral game script and with the lead the past six weeks, only behind the Steelers, who, funny enough, have like a completely different offense. They don't even care about throwing deep. They're just dumping off as quick as they effing can. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think we know where the ball's going. It's Mahomes is going to launch it. It's going to go to Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. To a lesser extent, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to get a few inefficient runs here and there. But even inside the red zone, um, this is Mahomes' team. So, yeah, it's it's pretty clear what happens. All right. We so- only have to go back two weeks ago. It's a very similar matchup. They faced the Bucks, a great run defense, a heavy man coverage team, and they totally did not try to run the ball at all. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 12 touches in that game for yep. 39 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a featured part of the gameplay. Now I will never tell anyone that they can't play a Kansas city chief as a tournament option. Like I'll never, I'll never tell you, I'll never tell you anyone. You can't play anyone in tournaments, uh, play who you want to play as Blendy says, <laughs> I mean, that, and that, like, absolutely. How funny is it though, that Miles Sanders now has three 70 plus yard runs and they've come against the saints, the Ravens when they were good and non COVID free and the Steelers. Like the the three games, like no one really wanted to like have like any excitement to play him. And that's when he's ripped off like his big splash plays. You're uh, you're starting a DFS lineup this week and they're both the most expensive of their position. Kelsey, the most expensive head end by what? 2.5 K next up is Andrews. And, you know, we've seen, we've talked about how Hill has been absolutely amazing this year. 8.8 K most expensive receiver. Uh, John, like, could you take a stand? You, I mean, if you can only make one lineup and you're not going to double stack theoretically, you can only play Hill or Kelsey. Which one makes the most sense right now to start with? They're both obviously great options. Oh, why do you do this to me? So we talked about last week how um, – so we had two conversations. Wednesday, as Reeves pointed out, you just win when you roster, if you can afford it, Kelsey at tight end because he just wins over the position every single week. doesn't even matter what everyone else tries to do. Kelsey's the winner. And then we talked on Sunday, the build, the optimal build became – or not optimal, but popular became DeAndre Washington. And thus everyone that was then going to be able to afford Travis Kelsey. And like we talked about, I said, I don't like DeAndre Washington in tournaments because it's the same method everyone will do. You convinced me pretty much that, hey, like we should then leverage Tua, who, as we talked about the stats in no huddle rate the second half, oh, what if he throws a season high and passes again? This is great. And then I double stack Tyreek and Kelsey. So I, I still think it's optimal to do both without Mahomes. Picking one, though, I guess it would still be Kelsey because he just wins the position while everyone else tries to get these Irv Smiths. Who, don't get me wrong, Irv Smith was great last week, but um, Irv Smith is still, like, barely running routes. Like, this dude is spiking three touchdowns on, like, 24, 23 routes the past two games. He's played without Kyle Rudolph. So it's still a very shaky position to try to get one of these cheap guys over Kelsey who's going to dominate the slate. Yeah, the two of thing was my, my best lineup last week. Not that, you know, when I go over it, whatever, we're forward thinking show, right? Uh, my best lineup though had Parker with Tua, and I couldn't believe a few people. I don't like to be like the guy, I can't believe that this guy was only 1% owned, but I think it was like 1% owned, the single entry stuff. 
Tua and uh, had a plenty of second. He too, was, but- yeah. I, I was in there with you. He was. Um, to honestly, like again, forward thinking, but I was a one v one. Aaron Aaron Jones and Travis Kelsey with Jasicki in the tight end position, and I couldn't break my brain to flex a tight end, even mm. though we know Kelsey's not a tight end. He's a wide receiver. He has the fifth most fantasy points among wide receivers, I believe. Sixth most. Reeves is better at that stat than me. But either way, Kelsey's like not of this world. So it doesn't make sense that I qualified him as a tight end. That's the play. I think that's the play again this week. Reeves? Well, there's a lot of game theory in play here, and ownership will play out in the end of the week. So you just need to know how popular Kelsey's going to be because the position he plays. But just Kelsey in general, like, well, he leads the NFL in receiving yardage right now. Uh, he's had 500-yard games in his past six he has six straight games with eight or more catches. It's only been done seven other times in NFL history, and none of them were tight ends that did it. Uh, so, I mean, he's getting a ton of catches. He's getting a ton of yards. Now, the question comes to be, do, does, does it, do we get to a point where everyone's just like, screw it, I have to have Kelsey? Because Kelsey's the one thing, like, if, if he bricks in a tournament at 35% ownership or, say, 30%, like there you're not going to be hurt as much as Tyreek like paying up for Tyreek and him bricking hurts you a lot more than a, than a, a tight paying 8k for a tight end and having him brick uh so I mean there's going to be a little bit of game theory to play and see in the week like how it plays out and what it's looking like Kelsey's ownership is going to be because you would want to play him but if it just turns out to where everyone just wants to play him obviously it's a spot where if he does flame which he hasn't uh you know no one else is doing anything at the tight end position so it's going to hurt you um so, I mean, a wide receiver, some guys are going to drop some big numbers still. You know, if Tyreek flames, there's going to be big wide receiver performances. So it, we're going to have to wait and see what the ownership's going to be like. Obviously, you'd like to play Kelsey. Like I said, this Ty, the Tyreek and man coverage, though, I mean, can they be? Can a team be so foolish after seeing what Carlton <laughs> happened to Carlton Davis to come do this again? I mean and- – you speak of two weeks ago as well, like that's the last time Kelsey busted. Gronk in that same game had 100 yards and got the bonus, whereas Kelsey had eight for 82. That's his busting, right? But like Gronk <laughs> surpassed him. So yeah, sure. It makes sense. I was just going to say like uh, Kelsey can very realistically go eight for 80. And, you know, and that's, a, that's a bust, unfortunately. No touchdowns. That, that's just a bust. That, that's just what it is. Um, is there, I thought you're going to say this, Fritz. Is there anything too I've heard people talking about do his teammates care about getting him the most yards amongst any receiving person in the league? Isn't he like right there? And I heard that bandied about and like, does Mahomes care? Do his teammates care? You know, I mean, like they want to get him the most possible yards amongst anybody in the league, you know, for the season, or is that just a nothing thing? Like narrative street. I mean, there's probably some partial truth to that. I would think that it would mean, it means something to one Kelsey be the first tight end to do that. Uh, but you know, I also think that this team's going to, you know, try to optimally win games too. Now it just so happens that those two things have some symmetry right now. Uh, so like, you know, it's lining up and it's working out that way. Obviously I think it's a pretty good matchup too for him. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the saints, he's a good matchup against everyone really, but, uh, you know, if they're, like you said, if they're going to play a lot of man coverage, I mean, Kelsey's going to win. Like it's, it's going to be interesting to see if the saints alter their defensive approach here. Uh, against this Chiefs, you know, you know, defense. what is your gut? A lot say? of teams, a lot of teams. Well, I mean, a lot of teams have altered their approach against the Chiefs. The Bucks were the only one who Todd Bowles said, you know, at hell or high water, I'm going to call my game plan. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams have just been running a lot of too high. Dan Pazuda and my site, and it's a free article, you can check it out on the site at sharper1house.com, talked about how teams have defended the Chiefs compared to how they defend everybody else and has like all the season splits to check that out. So, I mean, a lot of teams have altered their approach. 
So, I mean, I would say, I mean, if I was a coach, I'd alter, wouldn't you? Aren't you supposed to? Isn't that what coaching supposed to be? Like, you're not supposed to do the, the same stuff every game. Like, you're supposed to come out here and, and, and call your game based on your personnel. Uh, so, let's see what happens. But uh, you seen even last week, the Dolphins did it, and the Tyreek still gets you over the top on one. Like, you just it just takes one play with these guys. Um, and you're not going to have two tip-top interceptions probably again in this game. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, like but you said, can argue I, that I, stuff is good though. I, I, I'm happy to roster a quarterback that throws it like a pick six right away. Now, now, now let's sure. let him chase. I'll, I'll lose the one point. I'll, I'll, I'll lay the one point to all of a sudden get my quarterback throwing, you know, the, not that Mahomes is not going to throw, but you know what I mean? The only thing I know about milestone talk is that there is none greater than Will Greer jamming injured Christian McCaffrey, like <laughs> 20 targets in the first two quarters of last year's week 17 game against the saints. Still the best moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these are these coming more into play on week 17, week 16, obviously, but uh, seven, yeah, we'll stay tuned on that. Week 17 is a, a good information slate. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite plays in every position that we haven't talked about as far as our game specifically. Before we do that, we do want to mention uh, if you're looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers for this holiday season, look no further because our sponsor, Manscaped, they have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped. It's the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. Great news. They also are releasing their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. We're huge in Australia, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for the support, Australia. Much appreciated. Uh, a few of their products that are prime stocking stuffers for the season. They are as follows. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. That just speaks for itself. No need to explain that. No need to get into it. Yeah, you know what it is. Uh, the Crop Reliever Ball Toner, that's a spray on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. The Crop Cleanser Body Wash, it's a full body wash. If you're feeling frisky, you can put it in your hair as well. Crop Mop Ball Wipes, you never know. You never know. You never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. The Foot Duster Foot Deodorant, it's designed to keep the stankiest of feet smelling fresh. Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, which provides propriety, skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. Let's not forget, this is this is the, the creme de la creme, the best trimmer for your butt, your balls, your body, all three Bs. That's the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents that let's let's reduce those as much as possible you do not want a grooming accident uh these formulations are vegan cruelty free dye free sulfate free and paraben free so you know their products are legit how do i go about getting myself some manscaped i'm glad you asked uh get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code roto that's r-o-t-o at manscaped.com manscaped thank you for making your holes look sexy one more time 20 percent off free shipping use the promo code roto r-o-t-o at manscaped.com seamless segue as far as our favorite quarterbacks this week rebar uh, who have we not talked about this popping for you yo Devin, i better have put me on that front screen eating popcorn is a bit because i haven't eaten that in like <laughs> i haven't eaten that in like three years so just for the show <laughs> thank you did you enjoy that did, did i sell you we got the promo pretty good everything. i know that manscaped and popcorn are both good i can attest <laughs> Fair enough. that one had less it had less christmas puns than i was expecting yeah uh, given their ml i mean there's balls right there and they, they, they barely anything they ornaments can't. there's a lot of action that we could have here i just took a drink oh, really quick and i found a popcorn piece in there so that tells you how the bit went <laughs> the chat there on youtube's having a good time as well uh i don't i don't recall who, who did i throw it to rebar i believe but what yeah, sure. 
Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Lamar Jackson, that guy's running around again, too. We're talking speaking of quarterbacks that are running again, uh, 94 yards, 124 yards. This they've got a win, they've got no wide receivers. Although, I would love to see Des Bryant score another NFL touchdown in his career. Um, no Marquise Brown, um, which will be a good maybe Mandrews is the is the leverage this week. Maybe, so maybe I think maybe. he might play Brown for the rumor. The things I saw before, like right before he went on air, there's different. Uh, well, who uh, knows? well, he didn't test positive. Yeah. And he still can get clear before the game. Also, uh, like as long Mark as Andrews wasn't. can still be the leverage if Marquise Brown plays. We're not, I don't, <laughs> we're not worried about Marquise Brown, not playing Marquise Brown. Right, right, right. But listen, Lamar Jackson, though, also could play. Uh, regardless, <laughs> listen, we've, we've talked about this Jaguars defense now for a few weeks, like the amount of injuries they've had. And they've just, they just can't stop anybody right now. Uh, it was a bummer because it was like, you know, Glennon was so bad the first half of that game that that game really couldn't pop. Uh, and it let the, the Titans turtle with that 31 to 10 lead um, early on. And then, you know, Matt, you know, Tannehill only threw 20, 23 passes, I believe, or 24 passes. Um, and man, Glennon was awful in that game um, and got benched finally. So we'll have Minshew at least back, who's at least been serviceable. He kind of always gets there for fantasy too. Um, but, you know, the Jaguars can't stop anybody. Lamar's going to have a field day. They're 31st in passing points odd per attempt when he does decide to throw his 12 to 15 times. Uh, they've had multiple passing touchdowns over the past seven games when he does decide to throw, and he's been running. And then um, the only other guy I'll bring up is uh, a guy I don't really want to play because I never like playing him uh, is Jared Goff, just by the default of – I mean, listen, man, the Jets are allowing the most passing points per game. Quarterbacks have been literally the most efficient passers against the Jets, league-high completion rate. They have allowed the tide for the most passing touchdowns allowed in the league. They're kind of a bit of a pass funnel as well uh, because they are, are, are moderately successful against the run. Actually, they are not even moderately successful. They're good against the run in totality. Um, but we know the Rams are going to run because it's what the Rams do. And my worry is like Goff is just like going to have to, I don't know if Goff has in him to be like Russ where he only throws for 200 yards, but has four touchdowns. I feel like all Goff's like huge touchdown games come attached to like games where he just, he throws a lot in general. And that's my one worry, but literally this spot has not let us down uh, the spot against the jets, man, in quite some time. Yeah, John, that's the thing. I mean, feel free to touch on you. Lamar versus Jacksonville, golf versus the Jets. These are the matchups. This could be heaven or this could be hell, depending on what the scoreboard says and how they get those first four touchdowns. And you put the brakes on in the second half. Like if we think that's how the game script's going to go, it can be super tilting. Uh, and then there's Russ, who's got, you know, not a big team total for Seattle. I, think the, I want to say at the lowest one they've had all season long there, you know, against Washington. Chase Young is just an absolute monster. That guy is like a one-man wrecking crew on defense. He's been incredible. Uh, and Wilson will take some sacks on occasion. Certainly you can play him in tournaments, but, you know, that's not really popping for me as far as the slate. Uh, John, any thoughts as far as Lamar, Goff, Wilson, anybody else to throw out there? Because a lot of the good options, you know, I can't play Aaron Rodgers in the main slate. I don't know. He's a greedy Gus. He will do everything possible to get his touchdowns. So uh, I can't roster him, so I'm a little bit confused. Of course, I want the money from Mahomes, but I don't have that. Uh, secondary piece to talk about, uh, you know, Hurts. Anybody else that's kind of sort of popping from a quarterback perspective? Or I think it feels kind of thin this week. Not so much thin because we talked about a lot of the options I like. It's just a matter of that we already talked about them. Like even a guy who I think is in a good matchup like Mitchell Trubisky, uh, the knocks outside of just being Mitchell Trubisky are clearly there. Um, 34 attempts the past two games, no more than 34 attempts the past two games, even though he succeeded in those matchups. Also, David Montgomery could easily poach touchdowns from him, which is what we've seen one time in the last three weeks as well. Um, not to mention that at 5,500 on DK, Hurst's at 5,900, Taysom's at 6K, 
just much better game environments overall. So outside of Lamar, I'm, I think we actually covered everything. Russ will not be in my player pool this week. Uh, I was question. I thought it was questionable last week, but he still got there. The issue is he didn't get there because he didn't get the bonus. We're trying to get the bonus on DK. Remember, and when you're benched with two minutes left in the third quarter, not the fourth quarter, in the third quarter, that means you ain't getting there because the ju- the Jets just didn't fight back whatsoever. Also, we talked about Dean being skeptical about the Jets guys because everyone was there. We need to find pivots off of those guys. So, yeah, I'm not really on Russ. Um, if right tackle Brandon Shell is out again, that's how the Giants dominated the Seahawks. They literally just attacked one man, and they got there every time. What do you think Washington's going to do? They're, they're blitzkrieging him. They're coming at him every time. So I, I don't have Russ in my player pool. Any other quarterbacks that are worth mentioning or shall we move the running backs? Roll it. Running backs, it is, uh, man, Houston, Houston, we have a problem. Uh, we got a runaway train coming. I don't care what month it is. Doesn't matter to me. King of the world is coming. Uh, Derrick Henry. If you choose to, uh, to fade yourself some Derrick Henry this week, uh, may the force be with you, man. Good luck. Of course, goofy things happening. If he doesn't catch the ball and he gets 150 yards in the ground, and like one touchdown, you could survive that for sure. Uh, he would have got more last week, obviously, if, uh, you know, if they would have just, if that game was even close. Uh, so Derrick Henry is an awesome play. Uh, we want some Derrick Henry. How much is he, is he worth as far as delegating funds there rebar? We don't really know as far as what salary you may or may not have as far as, you know, cheapies to make it work. But ideally in a perfect world, I assume you want yourself some Derrick Henry. Looking pretty good. Looking like a pretty good spot. Uh, you know, especially with Chase, if Chase Daniel starts this game too, like how do the Lions punch back, man? Because, uh, you know, with Stafford, there's at least we, we could talk ourselves into it. I mean, they were hanging around at the Packers last week. Uh, so, I mean, he definitely probably would have, if Stafford plays, maybe he still will. And we'll get some news that Stafford will play at the end of the week. Uh, and they'll be able to, to move the ball on this Titans defense like everyone pretty much has, except for Mike Glennon. Uh Derrick Henry has a league high 201 touches on first down. The Lions are averaging 5.1 yards per carry allowed on first downs. That's 31st in the NFL. Only Houston is worse. He leads the league in yardage on carries of 10 or more yards. Uh, It's just they're allowing a league high 23 touchdowns to running backs. What do you want? Like, I mean, (laughs) he's really expensive, but he's expensive for a reason. I mean, and he's not hard to get to. We can talk yeah. about some of these other guys. Like there are a, a bunch of cheap running backs to play this week. If you want to try to jam him in, you absolutely can. Uh, fire off those guys. I'm curious. Uh, I imagine some of the Baltimore guys are on there and that's going to be fun to figure it out. Like, you know, is, is Dobbins the guy? He's still plenty cheap in certain spots. We saw, uh, you know, Gus get in the end zone twice last week. I assume Ingram's on the outside looking in along with, along with Hill, but Baltimore could also theoretically run the ball like 45, 50 times next week. Uh, you know, they have five running backs. If you want to count Lamar Jackson, I don't know if, if, if Hill's going to dress or not, but uh, talk about that situation and like any other cheapies that are sort of popping for you. Yeah. So Dobbins out touched Gus Edwards again last week, 13 to eight. The problem is that when Gus Edwards touches the ball, man, magic is happening. Uh, I mean, both of his touchdowns were awesome runs last week on Monday night. And then the week before he only had seven carries against Dallas, they had 101 yards on them. Like he's, he's, he like Gus Edwards, there's no reason for them not to keep giving him those kind of touches. Like, right. Like he, you can make argument. He deserves more uh, the way he's played recently. So, I mean, Dobbins is, has the edge and snaps and touches, but Edwards is playing so well that it's been kind of a thorn in, in stopping the complete liftoff for Dobbins. Now Jacksonville, 
the past four yard games to running backs, 224 yards, 131 yards, 206 yards, 107 rushing yards on the ground. And the 107 was the Pittsburgh, which might as well be 300 considering how <laughs> Pittsburgh runs the football. Uh, even the ghost of James Conner at 13 carries for 89 yards in that game. That's like, you know, we, that might be a 200 yard game for him at this point. Uh, so there's that there. None of them are going to catch the ball though. I think they're tough. Cause I don't think any of them have like a real high, like a real high ceiling, an individual ceiling. I think they're all like just going to spread it out, have some good games. Dobbins be the leader, of course. Um, obviously, this Raheem Mostert news, uh, yeah, is not is is looking pretty ominous, which means we get Jeff Wilson and Jarek McKinnon. I'm sure would probably come back and play, uh, even though he was just like a special teamer last week. But he would. We've seen Jeff Wilson in games with Jarek McKinnon just push him to the side though too. Uh, so, I mean, Jeff Wilson has 30 touches uh, on the ground his past three games, playing splitting time with Mostert. Um, Dallas is the league's worst run defense in EPA allowed. They've allowed 4.2 rushes of 10 or more yards per game. That's tied with Houston for the most in the league. He would be basically a dude you just auto play uh, pretty much if, if Mostert's out. Uh, Ronald Jones is probably not going to play, whether it be through the finger or COVID or combination of both. I don't know if anyone wants to take the plunge at Fournette. He's cheap. Cam Akers is underpriced for the usage he's got. We did talk about the Jets defense, but we're also talking about a running back that had 31 of 33 backfield touches as a 17-point home favorite. That's typically a spot you just say, who cares about the matchup? Yep. I'm going to play some of that, dude. Uh, so, I mean, all those guys are underpriced as well, uh, if you want to include the Ravens guys there, as options you can get to. And that doesn't even talk about some of the fringe guys like we talked about, you know, Kamara, Jonathan Taylor uh, playing in that middle ground, uh, a David Montgomery, even a Miles Sanders, all those mid-tier guys. Like, you're able to skip those and go to a lot of those cheap guys uh, in that area. John, any of those, let's just say, hypothetically, that Jones is out there for Tampa – who do you feel like you might get some beats on this, obviously, but right now, Fournette, healthy scratch last time. Uh, McCoy, those, you know, had fresh legs, but old fresh legs last time. Look good in spurts. Uh, and also with Kashawn Vaughn is lurking too. So maybe they might have to do the old three, three-headed monster thing. Who knows? And none of them do anything. But amongst those three, who was most appealing? And then, you know, feel free to fire off any uh, running backs that do anything for you. We didn't really talk about Akers. Like he was mentioned in passing. I should have set him up too because Akers feels like a really, really, really strong play this week as well. So the Tampa Bay situation – Anything you want to add on as far as guys that were mentioned? Anybody else you want to throw into the conversation? Yeah, it would be Leonard Fournette. Uh, game script would likely get out of hand for the Bucks. Thus, I know what Bruce Arians said, like, oh, LaShawn McCoy would still play on passing downs, supposedly. I don't think it would come to that. I think it'd just be Leonard Fournette getting pounded up the middle because game script gets out of hand in favor of the Bucks. So you would play Leonard Fournette if Ronald Jones is out. Um, on Derrick Henry, I will say, the Titans have the highest implied team total in the entire week, and it's not budging. It's not going down. <laughs> so that would mean, especially if Chase Daniels under center, it is Dehember, as we all expected. Um, the, the the Ravens actually are the second highest, one point behind the Titans. So whether you start with your lineups with Lamar Jackson and come back with Henry, or even if you want to get frisky and go J.K. Dobbins, that's fine. I totally get that. Gus Edwards, as Reeb said, also a good play. On Jeff Wilson, like he, yeah, like Reeb said it, he's a smash play. Uh, the, the Bengals hadn't surpassed 200 yards of offense since Joe Burrow got injured, and they had 301 against the Cowboys. <laughs> the difference is they fumbled three times, so the seven point shows it. But those seven points are like so faux because the Bengals are right there every time if they didn't cough up the ball. 
So the Cowboys are still one of the worst front sevens in the entire league, and Jeff Wilson will single-handedly surpass the 49ers' 23-and-a-half team total just for them. Um, and then, yeah, Cam Akers, I mean, 17-point home favorite, past two games, 50 of 58 running back carries, and 100% all 11, 11 of the team's touches inside the 10-yard line, RB touches. So, I mean, it doesn't matter about the matchup. He's a smash play. It's pretty easy. It's a weird week where, like, you know, I'm starting – we're getting to the point where we're trusting the Colts to say, yeah, Taylor is our guy. We're trusting the the Rams to say Akers, Akers is our guy. And they've kind of flip-flopped all throughout the season. But it feels like they're more separated now than they've been the entire season. Uh, hopefully that sustains and, you know, uh, fade them at your own peril. Uh, and, yeah, I'm in before uh, Kyle Juszczyk gets two one-yard touchdowns. So, I guess that, that's going to happen. He's a, He definitely loves the hawk those t- I, touchdowns at the goal it line. It seems like another matchup. We talked about this on Sunday morning as well, Dean. Like, just let ownership dictate it for you. Um, when there are a bunch of good plays and a bunch of terrific spots, just see where ownership's going to go and then go from there. Uh, rule of thumb, 115 to 125% cumulative ownership in your lineup. And just, like, judge it from there. No big deal. There are lots of good plays. No big deal. It's interesting, uh, David Montgomery, who's had a weird season. It's so the NFL season's so short, but it's so long. Like the 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 the, 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 the people's thoughts as far as Montgomery has just been all over the place. And now I guess we love him three strong games in a row. And I, and I think if we get all this quote unquote value, people are going to go high low, and maybe he gets kind of sort of lost in the shuffle against Minnesota. And you know people aren't going to play Cook so much on the other side either. They're going to play Henry, pay off Henry first, or pay off a guy like Hill and middle normal salary caps. So he can't pay them all. Uh, just think it's interesting. I, again, Wednesday night, who knows as far as ownership, but I feel like in my head, people aren't going to play Montgomery despite the fact he's been absolutely spectacular. And I guess that's a good segue to wide receiver because, you know, Allen Robinson, Trubisky loves him, keeps feeding him. He probably wants uh, Robinson to stay. I believe he's a free agent in the offseason. I can't imagine he does. We shall see. We don't care about next season. We care about this week and this week only. Uh, Rich, you tell me, are you on board with Robinson for me? You know, the game against Minnesota, probably down as well in a dome, nice secondary to pick on. And if not him, give me some other pivots as far as uh, wide receivers. Yeah, we, we always like Robinson. I mean, we know the floor is always going to be there. He's not going to brick for you. Uh, but, you know, always is like the guy I like, like to lean to in, in cash a little bit more just because the the floor he has and the volatility with his quarterbacks. He's also a guy who doesn't score like typically a lot of touchdowns, although he has three over these past three weeks with Trubisky coming back in the lineup. Uh, Minnesota's 31st in the league in points, uh, PPR points allowed per game to opposing wide receiver ones, the 18.9 per game. Uh, Foles played in the first game. He only had the six for 43, but I mean, that's all right. It's just happenstance for wide receiver. No reason, I don't think, to go back to him. Obviously, the chalkiest wide receiver, I think, of the entire slate will be Brandon Ayuk. Uh, the past five games that Brandon Ayuk has played, uh, those five weeks, he ranks second Second in the uh, among all NFL wide receivers and targets with 57, fifth among all wide receivers and catches at 36, second in receiving yards, 498, fifth in target share at 30%, and fifth in weighted opportunity. He's just counting for those last five weeks he's played football uh, amongst the NFL peers. Uh, he's been a top 20 scorer in all those games. He's averaged 20 and a half PPR points per game. Dallas is last in the league in yards per target allowed to opposing wide receivers, have a lot of league high, 8.9% touchdown rate uh, to opposing wide receivers. And if you allowed a touchdown to A.J. Green this season, you are automatically <laughs> on the board as a target. I think that it's really – I don't think there will be a wide receiver as popular as Brandon Ayuk this week. Yeah, and for good reason, too. too. What was that, John? I said for good reason, too. He deserves it. Yeah. Is there any interest in the secondary uh, San Francisco receivers as like to, as a punt 
uh, Bourne or James, like they're just super cheap. And, you know, if you're looking for something cheap against Dallas, those guys do anything for you as darts or it's mostly Ayuk and, you know, the running game there with Wilson. Not really for me personally. Uh, if it comes down to where I need to squeeze some guys in my lineup, yes. But right now in builds, I don't feel really uncomfortable. So like last week, if you would have said that born in this matchup would have probably been the guy. But this week, I don't think I need him, honestly. Who do you have at receiver? Who's on your list? Uh, yeah, so Ayuk, as Reeves mentioned, Calvin Ridley, I think, is still in a terrific spot. The offense just keeps crumbling around him, but Ridley's going nowhere. Four full games that Julio, because we're throwing that week four Packers game where he had a banged up ankle when he didn't catch a ball out the door. And uh, Ridley in those four games, the 31% target share and has taken in 52% of the Falcons area yard. So just keeps sustaining, keeps on going despite what happens around him. Uh, Justin Jefferson, a terrific bounce back. You mentioned you like the game. I like the game, Dean, as well. Like, why aren't we going back to Justin Jefferson, who now in the past two games is kind of separated from Adam Thielen. Uh, ran around on 92% of Kirk Cousins' dropbacks last week, had a team-high target share, and the box score against the Bears last week would have been different had Jordan Nickens not, quote-unquote, lost the ball in the sun because they had allowed 41 and 34 points the past two weeks before they ran to the Texans, and Deshaun Watson still completed 70% of his passes against them. So I being banged up right now, I just don't think they're that hardcore of a matchup. And then this one's really scary, I know, but Terry McLaurin got a team-high 25% target share from Dwayne Haskins last year. And Seattle is is just like covering themselves in perfume of wretched quarterback play. Jared Goff, <laughs> Kyler Murray, who got injured uh, when he played them, Carson Wentz, Colt McCoy, and Sam Darnold the past five games. I don't think Seattle's defense has gotten better. I just think they haven't played anybody. And Dwayne Haskins, don't get me wrong, is nobody. But <laughs> he, we at least know he's going to throw the ball towards McLaurin. So for tournaments only, I don't think it's that bad of a play. You're, you're rooting for, if you're rostering McLaurin, you're rooting for it to be Haskins and not Alex Smith. That's the weird predicament you're in. Is that what you're saying? If you're well, picking one of the two? Yeah, but oddly enough, though, like, and again, Dwayne Haskins, we know, is not the best. Uh, like McLaurin, despite leading the team in target share, still had, I believe, only like 8.3 fantasy points per game because the balls just didn't get there. But it's a very bad Seattle secondary, still in my mind, because of their matchups that are, are hiding or masking what they're actually doing. Um, and yeah, he's going to get the ball and he's going to get at least get targeted. So no one's going to play him how bad he's been, um, according to fantasy production the past month. So yeah, I think it's a good tournament play. I, I mean, I'm never one to root for injury, but I thought it'd be fun to see emergency quarterback Logan Thomas no. take over. You know, oh, well, yeah, that? maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't realize it was Logan Thomas in that case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that'd be good times. You know, I'm not saying it'd be super efficient. It'd just be entertaining. Uh, I don't remember him being that big in Fatek. Was there a different, that's the guy, that's the same guy. You guys, is that the same person? I think so. Well, I mean, he's a little bigger now because he transitioned, but he was always a big dude. Like yeah. left, which he was always built like left, which in a way. And then just it, transitioned. In over. his bowl game of Voltec, Rich, didn't he get benched? As a quarterback? Oh, God, man. I can't remember. I thought he, he was awful, like, though. Yeah, I thought he went like 7 of 17. And they sent him to the bench in the first half. Like, he was bad. Yeah, oh, he was an just... awful quarterback. He transitioned quick. He did get uh, a couple starts in Arizona. Uh, I think a call at one point, And then he immediately changed to tight end when he went to Buffalo. You guys mentioned Leftwich. He was one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch there at Marshall. And one of the greatest uh, drives. His offensive oh, yeah. lineman had to carry oh, yeah. him. The entire drive. Google I mean, that's that one of those sports images that you're – yeah, it's one of those like sports images that you'll always have in your mind. Truly amazing. My, my favorite quarterback with the watch was Jared Lorenzen. He was just, all, just, just an absolute pleasure. R.I.P. Lorenzen. Oh, man. I didn't watch the Arena League games, but I watched them – you know, we played for Kentucky, 
and just got, you know, it was just a blast watching the play. I don't know why I'm getting nostalgic, but we're already over time for whatever reason. Let's, uh, let's move on. Is there any receivers that are worth, you know, there's a bunch you could throw out there, obviously. Uh, anybody else uh, pop them for you, the rebar, or shall we talk about the tight end? So we already talked about Travis Kelsey and Atkins. Yeah, that's fine. We can, we can roll into, we'll roll into some tight ends. What do you have for me? I mean, Mandrews. Just play Mandrews. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, his past three games, you know, he only missed the two games of code, but his last three games on the field, he actually has been productive. Uh, seven for 61, 596 and one, five for 78. Jacksonville, 31st in yards allowed per target to tight ends. Uh, if whatever happens to these wide receivers, who cares? They're like, he's still the number one probably pass catcher in that offense. If we like Lamar, we got to like Mandrews. And Dago go- talked about Irv Smith, but the one thing I will say about Irv Smith is today, he practiced in full for the first time since week nine uh, to kind of hmm. give him some merits. He did because last week he only played 35% of snaps. He only ran a, a, a pass route on 36% of dropbacks, but it was his first full practice today since week nine. Yeah, and they, they said going to the game last week, there was a report, maybe it was Rappaport, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said that he'll be kind of eased in and he's only going to be on you know, so many snaps. Of course, he got there, and that's all that matters, you know, the DFS guys. But I'd imagine he would grab more snaps this week under the presumption that Rudolph is still out, which I don't know. Is he officially out? We're still questionable. It's Wednesday night. We're not sure. Uh, finish strong, Dago. What else do you have for us as far as, far as tight ends? Or if you want to sprinkle another receiver, by all means, I'll just throw this out there. Uh, interesting, like leverage move. We talked about how much we love Henry. Of course, you're gonna hear that all week. Everybody loves Henry, but you know, Brown and Davis are going to be mostly ignored. And why can't they shred that defense up as well? And that could be how they get their first three or four touchdowns via the air. So, uh, you know, if you want to live dangerously and that's not even that dangerous, it's perfectly fine to play Brown or Davis and just, uh, you know, fade Henry and hopefully he doesn't get the touchdowns. What do you have? One interesting Davis note. uh, So since Davis has come back from injury, the Titans have won four games. And in those four games, Corey Davis has three targets, seven targets, three targets, and three targets. Oh, uh, in the wins, he's been getting it all in these games that go the, the, the pot, the pop back games. That's when he's kind of had his production uh, outside of that one hit. But uh, you look at like the Bengals game is when he hit They're chasing points. Uh, you know, the, the, all these big games are kind of coming when they are getting their pass volume. When they have these low contends volume games, the target share is still going to A.J. Brown. Uh, when the targets are condensed like last week. Uh, it's just an interesting thing, and it, it's just a four-game sample, so it could be nothing. But it is interesting because we know that if they do end up throwing like 25 passes, uh, which is in the range of outcomes, that in those four wins, he has three or fewer targets in three of them. I was going to go the opposite way, and I was going to get mad at Dean because I thought since we were on tight ends, he was going to sell me on Jonu Smith as leverage. And I was like, no, Jonu Smith is never the leverage, so do not tell me to play him. Um, Cole Komet's still my guy, and he was he was a touchdown drop away from having a big week. And yeah, I, I yeah. still think he's like way too cheap. And again, he's I like play. him on the Chicago side. Uh, I'm just yeah, I I keep playing him. Uh, you know, I, I think he's clearly a future there. And I know Graham scored a touchdown last week. Which come on, what are we doing here, in Chicago? Uh, <laughs> let, let's turn it over to Komet. It's Komet season. Three K on DK on a comeback there against Minnesota oh, yeah. on a runback. Seven I, I like targets back to back games as well. No, Komet's, Komet's my cheap play. Like especially if you see ownership go to Irv Smith. Um, I think Komet's a great pivot at three K. He's great. Uh, having said that, I mean, if you want to close it. Uh, no, no, like dumb drew samples. No, nothing here. <laughs> I just think we already gave you the core. Um, we already said the Ravens had the second highest implied team total. We said the Titans have the highest. So we gave you the core of Derrick Henry. You go Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews because that's leverage off Travis Kelsey as well. And that also gets you on Travis Kelsey. We'll give you a four man core for tournaments. Go out there and play it. That's it. Close it. 
Yeah, I thought we can get Shaheen for two five for Miami, but he's three three. Like, how does that happen? I, you know, more than Komet, <laughs> more than a guy that had seven targets, more than a guy that had seven targets the past two weeks. Sh- Shaheen is the Drew sample of week fifteen. We can just move on. It's probably not necessary, but I just thought, oh, maybe a two five guy. But I'm assuming Gusecki's going to be out for a while. It didn't look very good. I think they already ruled him out. To be honest, how many total points over under are scored in that Patriots Dolphins game? Oh, it's a bad. It's going to be a bad game. There's no way it's hitting that. What is it at right now? There's no. I, there's no way. I believe it's got to be it. under forty, right? If it starts with a four, I don't believe it. <laughs> I think it's forty, at least according to the Rotor Grinders page. Let me refresh. Yeah, forty-one and, and a half right now. It, was, yeah, it opened under, at forty-three or. and a half, and it's been bet down to forty-one and a half. There's no way those two teams combined for forty points. No way. Might, I a agree. Groupie no defensive way. play, possibly, but yeah, they, there's got to be a couple of those. I suppose. I mean, no Parker, no potential Parker, no no Gusecki. Uh, like they're going to be running an offense with through Adam Shaheen, Lynn Bowden, uh, like their lead <laughs> slot receiver. Uh, Miles Gaskin still won't be back because uh, he's not eligible. Like, right. what about the return of the Mac? Mac Collins? Yeah, sure. I mean, say, I mean, doesn't those guys are going to get played? Bowden and Collins are going to get played because they're so cheap on DK. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Bowden. Bowden will definitely be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but man, like. It's not a great matchup either for wide receivers uh, against the Patriots, but like you said, any, any of the targets will go there and at three, five, who cares? Bowden, the difference is like they even put him under center at quarterback twice last week. Like, Bowden has, tried to throw two passes. Yeah. yeah Bowden <laughs> has the pass attempts, literally just attempts, and then uh, rushing equity as well. Like at least mm-hmm. he's going to do that. Mac Hollins isn't going to do anything else but run routes in the boundary. So like Bowden will be the play clearly if you have to go that route. I mean, who's scoring old. touchdowns Nick? No one. Like and and Kill Harry was the best player for the Patriots last week. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. I saw Edelman was practicing. I don't know if he's going to be back or not I mean, this why? week. Okay. And also same like with Kittle. So same with Kittle. Kittle's Kittle's not right. playing this week either. All right. We're supposed to finish strong. We're talking about the Dolphins and the Patriots sticking with the, the tradition of the show. Uh, Rebar, tell the people where they can find you. Week 15. Like if you don't know where Rebar is, uh, you know, around the DFS space, around the NFL fans, football, football space, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're here. Well, they just don't care at but this just, point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just here for Nagel, maybe? I don't know. Definitely yeah, not. Clear, tell them where to find not. you. <laughs> I sharpfootballanalysis.com, putting a bow in this season. Two more weeks uh, in the books. Uh, Sharp Angles podcast, Dan Pazuda, Cleve TA. Uh, and then every Wednesday night, pick six, Daigle and Dean. I don't have a D name, but, uh, you know, I'm with these guys. Double Ds. Uh, close, close this out here, Daigle. Tell the people where they can find you. Rotorworld.com, Rotorworld football podcast, at not Jay Daigle on Twitter. And then immediately after this, just this one Wednesday night, on the ground cleaning up popcorn. Back to you, Dean. <laughs> he was John Daigle. He was Rich Rebar. I was Dean. This was the NFL Pick Six Show. Good luck in week 15. We're out of here. Holler. Mm-hmm.